0: In this edition of Locked On Capitals hockey troll of the Caps, Terp joins the show as we talk about the game tonight in Boston. Who will be in the game? We'll talk about the lines and who will be in the game. We'll talk about the chemistry between Strome and Brown. We'll talk about the netminding tandem. How much better is this Caps team than last year? We'll talk about all of that and more next on this edition of Locked On (laughs) Capitals. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day Yes, this podcast is also available in video form, so head on over to YouTube and check it out. And when you're on YouTube, make sure and hit that subscribe button. And if you like the videos, give it a thumbs up. It really helps grow the channel. My name is Dan Holm. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at Locked on Caps. So in this edition, I am joined by Hockey Troll of the Caps Chirp Podcast. Welcome to the show. What's up,
1: man? Thanks for having me. I'm glad that hockey's coming back around. Uh, it seems like the the off season was incredibly short, shorter than it actually was. So this is a good thing, I think, for all us all Caps fans and hockey fans at large.
0: And it is a good thing for me because, you know, I spoke with you last. I want to say it was last summer or spring, and all we talked about was the season that was and the things that they should have done. Now it all starts over again tonight, As the Washington Capitals take on the Bruins, and uh, you know what's going to be interesting is to see, you know, who's going to be in the game. You know, we saw the line pairings and that kind of thing of who is going to be in the game ostensibly. Uh, Taking a look at practice today it was Ovi uh, Kuzi and Connor Brown, Proto, Strom, and Mantha, uh, Marcus Johansson, Lars Eller, and Oshie, and then Shiri Dowd and Hathaway. So that is what it's penciled into be. What it'll actually be, uh, you know, an actuality, I guess, remains to be seen. When you take a look at those lineups, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, Connor McMichael, I notice, uh, is not in that mix there. Um, do you think that he has a chance uh, of cracking the game tomorrow? Or do you think that he's going to be kind of an extra player out there?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, If the lines are this way, you know, it's in with the preseason. And I told you last time we talked, I barely, barely ever watched the preseason because you don't really get to see the team at that point. But I will say that I think that, uh, you know, I don't I don't I would say that what you read would be pretty close to what the opening roster would be. Not that, you know, I'm not putting a lot of weight under it because I think Laviolette, if he doesn't like something, Um, He's going to put the lines in the blender, and I think he should. Um, I think it's interesting to see that Shiri's playing on the fourth line. It's good to see some young blood injected into the lineup. These are guys who had to fight fight really hard throughout camp and prove themselves. Um, Overall, though, looking at this roster coming in, you know, McMichael in, McMichael out, whatever it may be, uh, I think the caps are a little bit deeper, uh, at least, you know, noticeably deeper than last season, and I like it.
0: Yeah, and I like the changes uh, that were made, and we'll talk about who those players that they picked up a little bit later in the show. But just some news around the Capitals today. Alexi Protus skating on the second line today is no surprise after the training camp he had. Connor McMichael was the favorite for that spot when camp started, but Protus impressed coaches with his improved skating and added weight. And, you know, it's one of those tough things because I think that Connor McMichael kind of came into camp with some swagger and confidence and thinking that he had a spot, you know, every night on this team. But then all of a sudden Protus came in and kind of just blew everyone away with what he was doing. He came in a man on a mission and he played in every single preseason game. And then, of course, Snively also made the team. Snively seems to be one of the extra guys as well. So uh, it seems to me that Snively and McMichael might kind of uh, go back in and forth. Um, what are your thoughts on Snively? Um, do you think that he has a starting role or what do you think his role will be on this Capitals team this year? Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I have
1: to look at all of the young guys and I mean, I'll be honest. I didn't see a lot of Snively. I know that he had a really good season in Hershey, but um, you know, I think that really, these guys are going to be interchangeable. I don't think that it's absolutely a, um, you know, a total cross against McMichael for not making game one. Keep in mind the, the beginning of the season starts with the caps back to back home and away Uh, Boston to Toronto or Washington to Toronto. So, you know, maybe you're given your, you know, maybes shot first and then, and then uh, moving around. But I, I don't know. I mean, It's it's tough, but I I definitely wish him the best. I'm I'm hoping that he performs really well for us and continues. Maybe some scoring touch would be great if that can translate into the NHL. It'll be awesome.
0: Yeah, and it seems like you know Snively came in and uh, you know at first last year I think that everyone kind of thought you know that you know this is the Capitals just doing uh, something nice, kind of a cameo appearance of this uh, DC kid. But Snively had a great start to his NHL career, dishing seven points in his first twelve games. But then, of course, that wrist injury kind of uh, sidelined his production there. So um, Dowd talking about Snively. Snives plays really well. He fits in, adding he forced a lot of guys to make turnovers. He's a skill guy that can make plays. And, you know, he isn't just here, uh, you know, as a favor of the Capitals. He fought and he is on this roster If he remains on this team all season, I guess that remains to be seen. But, you know, Connor McMichael, he did some of the right things. You know, when he started his career with the Capitals, he was kind of scrawny and skinny. And then, you know, he had a nutritionist and, uh, you know, he hit the gym and he put on some weight. Connor McMichael also held on to his roster spot. His preseason, though, didn't go exactly according to plan, though he had some strong moments. He gained muscle and size and looks to make an impact this season. So I guess that's all we can really hope for for McMichael, because, you know, to a certain extent, the Caps really put all their chips in on him. And he is one of the crown jewels uh, of the Washington Capitals organization as far as futures are concerned. Because you take a look at this team, this rock the red era, if you will, it's getting older. You know, the Caps are one of the oldest teams in the league, along with the Penguins uh, and the Bruins out there. They seem, you know, kind of all reluctant to make change. So it's good that you're slowly starting to, you know, see these younger players integrate into the team. You know, when I talked about on your show there, is that Farivari is the first player in some time uh, to crack this roster and stay on this roster. It really doesn't seem like the Capitals are in the green banana business. They want wins right now, and they want it primarily because th- this is the last four years of Alex Ovechkin uh, you know, playing in the NHL and in hockey. What is your thoughts on the Capitals' reluctance to go younger? Is it a laviolette thing? Because I noticed it to a certain extent with Barry Trotz as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that was a huge knock on Trotz, but look what that got us, right? A cup. So uh, it's tough to, it's, it, it's um I, I mean, and I somewhat agree with Barry Trotz's ideology there though. It's that, you know, there is no development in the NHL. It's not a developmental league. You know, you prove yourself, you develop in, in the AHL and then you come out and you perform night in and night out as consistently as you can. So, I mean, I think, um, it would it really sucks to be a prospect drafted by the washington capitals in the past 10 years man i mean like we said before before feviari it was what tom wilson is the last guy that we drafted that came up um the top six is locked in you know that very little movement there unless you're a standout um and even then somebody's got to be going down with injury the fourth line has been solidified for years now and these guys are getting shots on or get shots on the third line which is tough it's the it's the toughest line to play in hockey i think you're you know expected to perform put up points on the score sheet and you can't give up any you know if you have a good third line you can find a lot of good mismatches there um so really you're you're 2a or 2b um line more than more than a third so especially on a team like the caps who expect offense and we're a high-powered offense and that's just you know how we play so Definitely tough. Uh, Do not do not envy the the guy has to make the decisions, both in the coaching staff and management. But at the same day, I I do believe that it's win now, Uh, you know, draft picks are funny money. Ovechkin's got four more years. Let's make sure let's give it our best.
0: Yeah, and that was one of the things that uh, Laviolette talked about is that these are never easy decisions for the Capitals to make. And the Capitals made some tough decisions uh, as they waived um, Axel janssen Fielby, Brett Leeson, Henrik Borgström, and Lucas Johansson. Um, but, you know, the bad news, I guess depends on how you want to look at it, is that Axel janssen Fielbe was claimed by the Winnipeg Jets and that Brett Leeson was claimed by the Ducks. Now, there is always the remote possibility that they will release them and they could come back to the Capitals. But for me, you know, how many times are you going to try to retread that Axel janssen Fielby tire? You know, they've tried him multiple seasons for, and for whatever reason, he never seems to cut the mustard. So I think, you know, for me, I'm taking a look at Axel janssen Fielby as the player. And, you know, what I say is, you know what? You gave your best and if you can find a spot Somewhere else, more power to you, and I guess the same thing with Brett Leeson because he didn't really pop off the page in the preseason. How mad are you, or what are your thoughts, rather, on Axel Janssen-Fielbi and Brett Leeson getting claimed by two other teams? Well, you know what they say. Sometimes when you love something, you've got to let them go, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, uh, I thought we were looking at Carl Haglin 2.0. Um, Carl Haglund had an inc- has an incredible... Career. Uh, you know, even before he was with the caps, he was a bona fide a stud. Um, we actually kind of got him in the twilight of his career, I think. So as good as he's been for us, he's been better elsewhere with, with New York and Pittsburgh. Um, I don't think it really ever came together for actually onson fialbi. And then the problem is is that, you know, I do think that he could earn a NHL spot somewhere else. So Again, yeah, I don't think we're going back for a third on that. Um, kind of disappointed to see Leeson go. Um, he was a big body from what I remember, uh, and but I just don't think that he had the offensive production um, that they wanted, so they had to ship him, and or really wave him down to Hershey. They would have taken him for free, but uh, I think he's a, it's a good pickup by Anaheim, and I bet uh, he'll probably be on in the lineup this year for both both those players will probably play NHL time considerably this year.
0: Yeah, because I kind of had uh, Axel and Fielby kind of penciled in as that fourth line uh, left wing. But, uh, you know, taking a look at the lines out there, it was Shiri out there. So it's kind of been, I've heard Shiri and Protus, I guess, you know, nothing set in stone here. All right. So after the break, we will talk about the net minding tandem in Washington. It has gotten a lot better than last year. We'll talk about the chemistry between Strom and Connor Brown. And then we'll talk about Ovechkin's gold chase after the break. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe Home Security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. I know because I use Simply Safe in my own home. They protect you with cutting-edge security technology powered by 24-7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. Here's why I love it. I had an issue where someone broke into my home and Simply Safe dispatched someone and helped eliminate the situation. With 24-7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe's agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home or can't be reached. Simply Blink blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and outside your home, smarter ways to detect motion that only alerts you when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Our monitoring experts use proprietary advanced response technology to visually confirm when a break-in is real, so you can get the highest priority police dispatch. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com. Locked on NHL, save 20% off on Simply Safe system when you sign up for interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free at simplysafe.com/slash-locked-on-nhl. To learn more, there's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this episode, I am joined by Hockey Troll of the Caps Chirp Podcast. So one of the biggest moves made in the offseason, and it was one that I've spoke with you on your podcast a couple times about in various people in the offseason, is the netminding tandem in Washington It was a disaster, you know, and they could never string together any wins, you know, all of a sudden, you know, they'd win a couple games here and everyone thought that, you know, okay, we got this, our hot hand here, we can go with them. And, you know, to be fair, between the both of them, they did get 100 points for this team, so... But the big picture was that they could not string together wins. It was no Braden Holtby, for example. And I think that that is the benchmark. And that is what this Capitals fan base is used to, is excellence and consistency. And they didn't have that in Vanacek in Samsonov. Brian McClellan in the offseason did not give give qualifying author offers to either one of them and really swung for the fences by getting Darcy Kemper, the biggest name free agent netminder on the market, but he wasn't done yet. He ended up picking up Charlie Lindgren. So just taking a look at Darcy Kemper stopped 36 of 39 shots against Columbus in three preseason appearances. Kemper posted a 2-0-0 record with a 1.97 goals against average and a .938 save percentage. Kemper in two and a half Capitals preseason games, 76 games, five goals, .938 save percentage and a 1.97 goals against. And just kind of taking a look quickly at his stats from last year in 57 games for Colorado in 21-22, Kemper went 37-12-4 and with a 0.921 save percentage and a 2.54 goals against. You know, and then the rest is history. He went 10-4 and and helped that Avalanche team win the Stanley Cup. What are your thoughts about Darcy Kemper? Is he going to be the magic ingredient to help this Capitals team finally make it past the first round of the playoffs, this team has been snakebitten, snakebitten since 2018. Is Darcy the cure? Well, I better hope so, man. <laughs> uh,
1: no, nah, I mean we've talked about it. I think that really the problem last year was not just one thing. You know, putting a putting it all in the goaltending position is is a little is a little tough. But I will say, like you alluded to, you got to have consistency in that. Um, I think Kemper has shown he's got the, I mean, at this point, you're a Stanley cup champ. You're a veteran. You've been, you've bounced around a couple teams, you know, you're landing in DC. Um, he's got the chance to play with some legends uh, on this team and, and, and give it another go. Uh, we paid him pretty well and we paid him for, uh, you know, a lower term, right? I think it's what three years or was it five? Yeah, it was a five-year deal. Yes. Five. Okay. So we got a midterm contract out of him. Um, you know we're hoping that his stock stays high i think the caps uh like you said needed that consistency though there we would have i mean the the leaky goal at the inopportune time was you know a few too many for both goalies um i thought vannechek was probably the better guy for the team and i think that the rest of the nhl did too because you know we he, somebody paid something for him new jersey paid for Vanacek with a with a pick, and you know, he's gonna tear it up there, I'm sure. Um, and for Samsonov, we just let him walk if it's a first round pick gone. Um and Toronto bottom. So that'll be interesting to see. Uh, you know, I think that the reoccurring theme here in this episode, Dan, is is if if you love things, you gotta let them go, right? <laughs> <laughs> so they're going to be – They're good. I mean, I think they're going to do well where they're at. They needed maybe a little bit of a support. I think they both got too much of a taste of a starter in them. And, you know, maybe that messed with their heads when they were down. But maybe a team that has some veteran leadership there in the goaltending position would be a better fit for them. Uh, so, you know, Samson has got Matt Murray. And I think there's a veteran in uh, in New Jersey that Vantrex is actually probably going to have to fight for the number one starter position.
0: Yeah. Mackenzie Blackwood is the, is the big one if memory serves out in New Jersey there. So it's going to be a battle. I saw, you know, a little clip of Vanacek playing for the Devils in preseason and it's tough to gauge preseason, like you've talked about, but just to kind of see, you know, what he has in the tank is, is a bit interesting to see. So one of the things that's not spoke of often Uh, about Darcy Kemper, and I spoke about this with Matt Weirich, and I don't want to overemphasize it, but just, you know, kind of making facts out there. According to NHL Injury Viz, the 31-year-old has missed 83 games through injury since his NHL debut in 12, 13, and 50 in the last two seasons alone. So I am a bit concerned he has never really been a netminder that's carried the bulk of the mail for any of the teams that he's played on. So I think, you know, to a certain extent, it was a good idea that they went with Charlie Lingren, still a bit of an unproven commodity. You know, he was kind of lights out for the Thunderbirds, the Blues AHL affiliate, and played well for the Blues in a brief stint. You know, how concerned are you about Darcy Kemper's kind of uh, being prone for injury? And how, what are your thoughts on Charlie Lingren? Oh man,
1: come on. Kemper's so shiny and new. We can't be bagging him <laughs> yet, right? Um, yeah, man, you're, you're right. I mean, that is that is a disconcerting a uh, stat that you've just rattled off to me for sure. And definitely gives me pause. But at the same time, um, I think that Lindgren's got to be looking at this, this, this contract is, is a big step up. You know, he's going to get full-time NHL time unless, you know, somebody from, from AHL can out plan, but that doesn't seem to be the case. So Uh, I think that the coaching staff and the scouts are uh, for the caps are high on this guy. Um, largely kind of, you know, he came out of nowhere. Um, I trust that the, the cap scouts have done their due diligence on, on the goaltending position. Uh, you look all the way back, uh, to before Braden Holpe, when Braden Holpe was stealing the net, uh, you know, we had new Verth, um, you know. We had a, and Varlamov even we had a couple good uh good Thomas Volkun. <laughs> yeah, right. Thomas Vokoon. <laughs> who I I mean, who still I, I don't think he's playing in, in the US anymore, but man, he was he was good for us. So, you know, we can pick him right. I, I, I don't I, I I wish this guy the best of luck and I think he's gonna do well. I, I really do because uh he was almost undefeated, I believe, or was undefeated in St. Louis in his like seven starts. Right. So you know i'll take it i'll take it let's see what he's got um i think that just having kemper alone to you know play i don't know 40 games 45 games play play the, the actual majority of games is going to help this team and like you said hopefully i'm just seeing some consistency here
0: yeah, that I guess that's all we can really hope for at the end of the day. All right, so after the break here, we we'll, we will talk about the chemistry between Dylan Strom and Connor Brown, and then we'll talk about Alex Ovechkin's gold chase of Gordy Howe, and then eventually Wayne Gretzky. We'll talk about that next. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this episode, I am joined by Hockey Troll of the Caps Chert Podcast. And uh, just taking a look, you know, a big off-season acquisition was Dylan Strom to fill in for Nick Backstrom, who we all know had that hip resurfacing procedure done. You know, Dylan Strom came into this team kind of discarded, um, by the Chicago Blackhawks, which you know kind of seems like I said a dumpster fire burning out of control. The Capitals signed the former Blackhawks center to a one-year deal worth three point five million, and uh, you know I think that you know it was a good fit. And what I've seen of him in the preseason, he is a, as advertised. He is coming off a strong year with the Blackhawks that saw him dish twenty-two goals and twenty-six assists in sixty-nine games. So it kind of makes you wonder. You know, why did the Blackhawks want to move on from Dylan Strome? Are they trying to tank already? It just seems like kind of an, an odd situation where they're moving all these players out that were, you know, kind of, uh, I think, building blocks to help them move forward. Give me your thoughts on Dylan Strome and what I've seen so far. He's good at winning in the faceoff dot. And I think that he is a good band-aid, if you will, for Nick Backstrom. And I think that he the, his flexibility to play at win will uh, suit the Capitals well if for whatever reason, uh, backstrom comes, uh, uh, back earlier. Yeah. You know, and
1: don't forget about Chicago the the cherry on top is they signed Jack Johnson. So, you know, they're definitely going to win a cup now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so I, yeah, Dylan Strome, man, I, I love the term. I love this deal. Um, it's very much a year long PTO. I think, you know, can you replicate this success? Can you get better? If so, that's awesome. Um, Eventually we're going to have to replace Backstrom. I think that unfortunately the team had to make moves in the worst case scenario where Backstrom does not come back at all. Uh, yeah, I know. I put that out there in the universe. I feel really dirty about it. Um, I would hate to see this team without Nick Backstrom, but uh, that hip resurfacing surgery is, uh, a you know, oftentimes a career end, end, ender. Um, it's very tough to come back from. So I. Uh, I think that the Caps made the right play said, Hey, you know, if it doesn't work out after a year, you can walk and and I'm sure you'll get paid again, but, uh, we'd really like you to, uh, find a home here. So I'm, I'm loving it. I'm, I'm really looking at him to light it up. I, I would love to see that.
0: Yeah. And just kind of, uh, you know, a pleasant, uh, surprise, I guess you will. I never really doubted Dylan Strom, but, uh, you know, I was a bit concerned, of course, uh, when Nick Backstrom was going to miss, uh, you know, a substantial amount of time. So the other big offseason acquisition is Connor Brown, whose specialty is on the penalty kill. As we know, he played seasons with the Senators and the Maple Leafs. Uh, he is slated to be on the top line right wing with Ovechkin and Kuznetsov. I don't think he could ask for anything more than that. Um, and, you know, earlier in the show, I was talking about the chemistry. So Connor Brown and Dylan Strom don't generally play on the same line together, but You know, in the preseason, um, there was a couple uh, really great moments where they had a tic-tac-toe goal and just set up each other really well. So I was pleasantly surprised with Connor Brown as well. Uh, Brown, who has played seven NHL seasons, like I said, with the Leafs and Senators, scored 10 goals with 29 assists in 64 games played last season. He's posted a career-best 21 goals which he did in the 2021 season with the Ottawa Senators. And, you know, from listening to the locked on Senators guy, they kind of, you know, we're a little upset that, you know, they moved on from him. He kind of logged a lot of minutes on that Ottawa Senators team. Talk to me a little bit about your thoughts on Connor Brown and, you know, what kind of role do you think he's going to fit on this team? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I think that the number one thing that they went
1: after or, you know, McClellan went after in the off season was versatility, right? We're looking at a bunch of players who can play up and down, you know, you've got, you know, Lars Eller, Dylan Strom, um, Connor Sheary. you know, inject some new guys in that are kind of interchangeable. Um, uh, and then this Brown guy. So I, I like the pickup. I thought Brian McClellan did an A plus job and in the off season yeah. with what he could do with, he had no room, he had no space, he had no money and he went out and got a solid, um, you know, center, which is hard, uh, for one year, you know, that's a, that's, if it's a total failure, you know, t- toss him out with the water. Right. And then, uh, with this, uh, with this, uh, Connor Brown pickup was huge. I like it a lot. So, um, I'm thinking, uh, I'm thinking he's going to do well. I, like I said, at the top of the show, I think that this team really got better noticeably deeper with these two acquisitions even with tom wilson and backstrom out you know i i I love those guys and and if backstrom comes back and wilson comes back the caps are gonna have to do some cap juggling uh work some magic for sure uh and then who knows what happens there but uh for now i think that the expectation with these guys are probably gonna miss considerable time So we got to just, you know, address the problem at hand that we still got a season to play. And I think McClellan did just a wonderful job of that.
0: Yeah, and I think everyone was kind of hard on Brian McClellan, myself included, but he totally redeemed himself in the off season and I've listened to all the NHL talking heads and they're already saying that this team is a bubble team, maybe a wild card team. Everyone's picking Carolina or New York to lead the, the Metro Division, but I still uh, have faith in this team. And the biggest reason I have faith in this team is Alex Ovechkin. Ovechkin has 780 goals. He's 21 away from number 2 Gordie Howe in 114 From number one, Wayne Gretzky, he could very well pass how net this season and Gretzky the season after. You know, one of the first things that uh, Ovechkin said in the pressers at MedStar is that he's like, listen, guys, I'm not going to score those 21 goals in one game. I want to concentrate more on this team winning another cup. Talk to me about Ovechkin. You know, it's interesting. We are watching in real time him peel off all these different milestones, one after one. We're not watching it in some archival footage. We're seeing it in real time. We can tell our kids and our grandkids that we saw Ovechkin on the ice, much in the same way our parents and grandparents talked to us about Wayne Gretzky. Talk to me about Ovechkin and his chase for Gordie Howe and then eventually Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, you know what, man? I mean, I
1: look at players who in history who are kind of like Ovechkin. I don't think there's ever really been one true Ovechkin, uh, especially with the longevity and the insane amount of buckets of goals that he scored throughout, so consistently throughout his career. I don't don't know if you will ever find that again, but um, it's funny because I liken his game a lot to like what I've seen in archival footage of Gordie Howe, you (laughs) know, fighting, uh, what being physical, you know, being a physical presence back then, part of that was fighting, but, you know, playing in the body, but also – being able to bury the puck uh, at an incredible rate. So, you know, it's, it's fun. It's just so fitting that these two are battling it out this season. I 100% agree. I think he'll get there. I don't know. I mean, we were talking about that shot that he took uh, against Columbus in the last preseason game, just absolutely put it right through Ms. Lurkins, who is their starter. Um, I mean, it was, uh, it was beautiful. So that's something that, you know, he's, he's born with, he's going to have for the rest of his career, the ability to shoot the puck. So I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, I I think that he's going to uh, absolutely eclipse Gordie Howe. And I think I, you know, and I'm, I'm totally biased and homered here, but at least 50 goals, at least
0: Yeah, I mean, that's what I always say. Don't ever sleep on Alex Ovechkin. You know, he had that dip a few years ago and everyone was even saying, you know, they should trade him. He's, you know, past his prime. And, you know, the gray hair keeps coming in and he's looking older in the face. I can't really say too much. I'm 45, but um, he is getting better and better uh, with time here. So Hockey Troll, thank you for joining us on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Why don't you tell all of our listeners and viewers where we can find your podcast and your work?
1: yeah absolutely man it's always a pleasure coming on thanks for the invite um and thanks for coming on last thursday that was awesome uh you can find me at hockey trolling with an i in on twitter and you can find the caps chirp podcast on at 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 caps chirp on twitter as well i think we're on TikTok, instagram all at caps chirp um and the hockey
0: podcast network at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com All right. Thank you very much for joining us on this episode. Thank you for making Locked On Capitals your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone bring you the fantasy edge and keep you ahead of the competition with daily updates of news, analysis, and advice Monday through Friday, available on YouTube, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcasts. So once again, thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. My name is Dan Holmey, and I'll talk to you again next time.